welcome to the Get All Set Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And it's just the two of us. Yep. Boring. We can podcast if we try. We could, but that would involve trying, and that sounds like a lot of effort right now. This oh, my God. The year in this country, in this county, in the city. This, this, this just like, it's kind of that thing where you just sort of want to, if someone asks you how things are going, you just kind of want to vaguely gesture at like everything that's happening. Yeah. I, at that point, I kind of just go back to my melancholy default answer to that question, which is it's going. Which yeah. surprisingly, a lot of people are really just like, they're like, oh, that's a strange answer. But the, I, I don't ever get follow up on that answer. Every once in a while, I, maybe, but I always say it's going. Like people just kind of give me that look, like, "Wait, what does that mean? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Do I? Ca- I, I probably don't care." And then they just move on. That's kind of the end of it. It's just you know, progressing through the the fabric of space and time, which does not exist. Or it time does. is. Di- t- Time is distance. That's that's literally all time is. Distance traveled. Sure. But that said, the universe is flat. So flat earthers are kind of right at this point. It's just not and about time, the earth. It's about the universe. Well, time is a flat circle. I thought the universe was flat. Is the universe time? Is time a construct? I believe time is a construct. Well, then it doesn't exist. This is what uh, I said, and we're back to where I started. But constructs do exist. Remember when this was like about guitars? Constructs are created. And who <laughs> created everything, you heathen? Uh, I think it was this little accident. Well, that's depressing, <laughs> I think. I think it was intentional, but that's where you and I disagree respectfully. You don't think so. there are, you don't think there are happy and beautiful accidents? I so am many one children of them. are happy but... and beautiful accidents. <laughs> <laughs> You're a happy accident? <laughs> uh, yes. I was born eight months after my parents uh, got married. <clears throat> wow. My parents um, – I don't know if I'm supposed to be sharing this kind of information publicly. Anyways. They don't, li- they don't listen to this podcast. Eh, my mom's in the other room. But my parents are divorced, so screw it. <laughs> they, <laughs> from the day they met to the day they got married was 10 weeks. Holy crap, dude. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that that's all, it, that's all the context fast. I need to share at this point. I think my parents got married after like six months or they well, they moved in after four. Rick moved in after like four months. Not, you know, no, I'm not going to say what I, I'm not going to say that about Rick. <laughs> no, he's a good man. I am grateful to have known Melissa for several years before we even considered the possibility that we could date each other. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. It... Okay, you don't story. have to talk about it. I mean, no, no, I, no, no. I, I, I know I you're a private person. I can be private and I can also share some of the cute details. And you know what? I think it's long overdue that I told the abbreviated story of how Melissa and I met. Sure. I know. This is what everybody wanted to hear when they got into exam. They're like, oh. Uh, they're probably just happy that we're talking about something lighthearted. Right. The world's been pretty heavy lately. Let's talk about, you know, love because love is exciting. We need more of yeah. it in the world. So I went to a sleepy little university called Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles County in the city of, you guessed it, Azusa, A-Z-U-S-A. And small little private 
Christian school. Make of that what you will. It's a Wesleyan university for anyone who cares, which means, and it's not affiliated with the denomination. None of this is relevant to the story. I just felt like sharing. So I went and I studied practical theology or more specifically youth ministry. I studied to be a pastor. And as you know, a good youth ministry student, I volunteered with the church relatively early on. So about uh, halfway through my first semester of freshman year, I had already found a church that I was really happy with and started volunteering with youth ministry. Weird thing is, is so did Melissa. She wasn't a ministry major. She was a business major, or I think she's a psychology major at that point. I, for, I lose track. It's less important than other things. I don't, she changed majors a few times. I only changed my major once and I changed it from Christian ministry to youth ministry, which seems like it wouldn't be that big of a difference, but it actually was in terms of program uh, makeup and the kinds of classes that you took. I digress. So we both ended up at the same church. She was dating someone who was a ministry major, uh, who's a year ahead of me in my program, who I caught up to pretty quickly because I went to college with a lot of AP classes in the books or AP past AP tests. So I started yeah. college with 25 credits. Damn. That's more than me. Yeah. So that's how he's, that's actually the main reason why I was able to graduate in seven semesters and saved a lot of money that way. Anyways. So she was dating my classmate. That's what I'm trying to get at. His, okay. Uh, really, a friend of mine, really good guy. And we were both, she and I were both volunteering at the same church, uh, at the youth group, you know, doing youth group type stuff. And that was like that for like a couple of years. I got to be friends with her. Uh, she was just really cool. And then come junior year, uh, she was no longer dating this guy. I was no longer dating anybody else. And I was sitting there going, wait a minute. We've, been really good friends for a couple of years we clearly can work together because we've been volunteering in this particular context the little bit that i know about what she wanted out of life like i think we want similar things out of life why don't i just take you on a date so i asked her out and she said no flat no absolutely no way um i was like crushed i was like oh well that's okay I respect that. And I wasn't going to be rude. I wasn't going to be persnickety. I, I wasn't going to try and follow up and do the sneaky. I'm going to convince you. I will possess your heart to quote. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that's not a creepy song at all. <laughs> wasn't going for any of that. It's like, you know, it, it is what it is. I tried and I like our friendship. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Fast forward a couple of weeks. She was like, Maybe went on Christmas break, came back and she's like, all right, you get one date and no more than one date. And we'll all just, I'll get to decide after that. So now I'm thinking, huh, I get one date. I've got to make the most of this. And I have to be able to convince her that it's worth having another date after the fact. So here's what I did for my first date is of course I picked her up at her apartment. So I went knocked on the door. I was dressed to the nines for college, which uh, was not really dressed to the nines. It was just whatever collared shirt I could find and a tie that didn't necessarily match. I think it did. I don't remember. Again, unnecessary details. And I had a couple of things in my hands to give to her. One is flowers. That is very normal. That is very expected. That is uh, and just that's just what you do on a first day is you bring someone flowers. Maybe that's even a bit much for a first date, but you know, we were already friends. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get that from my first date with my husband. <laughs> he did buy me a turkey sandwich. Well, that's kind. Um, 
we had known each other for a while. I was really said like, I really like this girl. I'm going to make this happen. So I showed it with flowers. I was trying to do the, be all impressive. It was the like three ninety nine discount bunch from the Stater brothers. That was next to the, uh, the university, but you know, it's the money I had. And the other thing was not the expected item. This is the item that when she saw, I was like, what? I had the flowers in a vase. And she's like, okay, thank you for the flowers. And I don't think I've ever got a vase before. Why, why did you get me a vase? And I said, well, you're going to need somewhere to put the flowers on her, that, I, that I bring to you on our second date. Aw, that's pretty cute. And just right out the bat, I just made it clear that I, if you, I wanted a second date. That was kind of that. We still have that yeah. vase. It was from the dollar store. It is a cheesy <laughs> little blue glass vase where you can totally see the seam on both sides. Yeah, there's nothing uh, wrong with that. But it's one of uh, my personal favorite possessions that we've got. Uh, I had my college roommate dressed in a bow tie, and he was our chauffeur. Did not say a word. He put together a playlist. I'd never vetted the playlist. So there was definitely some really humorous moments. Like, I would not have put that on the uh, first date playlist, but all right. Uh, Drove us to a completely secret location. She had no idea where where we were going, and we like several exits down the freeway. She's like, okay, I really have no idea where we're going. Took her to Chipotle, but not the one literally right across the street from the university. I had to take her to the one like three cities over just to make sure that she was confused. And like, you know, it was, it was a surprise. It was a successful first date. And I think like five, six months later, we were pregnant. So yay. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> it did escalate quickly. It just kind of one of those like clicked and kind of just knew after the first couple of dates, you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is it. That was easy. <laughs> wow. So, and I uh, haven't looked back since. Got married, Aww. had the kiddo, all those sorts of things. Nice. And now we're married for four and a half years now, which in wow. the grand of things isn't a like ton of time. It feels like it's gone by in a blink of an eye. Wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. I'm not going to spend 10 minutes talking about how Rick and I met, but I will say that it was less of us meeting and more of he saw me at the library where I was working and found me later kind of deals. <laughs> but uh, he must have well, had a thing for librarians, you know, but. um, I mean, I'm not going to shame. He actually uh, helped me film one of my the demo video I filmed tonight. That I'm hopefully Aww. releasing on Sunday or Monday. Fun. Yeah, it was for that base Rumble 40. I bought a base amp to do base demos with. Right. Um, and I just was having a little bit of trouble demoing the amp itself. It's just kind of a weirder thing. Like I wanted to be able to monitor the audio. Like it was just it was kind of different and more involved in other demos. So I asked him to help me and with five minutes notice, cause he's a bassist. So I'm like, you can do it. You know how to play audio slave songs and stuff. And, um, I don't, that's the exact one. Are there others? I don't know. Um, and in OJ's money, 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 money song. Uh, but I just like watching him play bass. So I was really happy and excited to bring him in on that demo with a very little notice. He, he did a very good job, I think. And, uh, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that video. Thank you. He always is just such a big supporter of of me and my endeavors. And every time I see somebody, like, let's be real, mostly dudes on the gear pages, like, talk about their wives. I'm like, why are you married to someone that you don't like? Like, clearly don't like. I saw on the, on the, 
a group that shall not be named because I have bad blood with that group a little bit. Because snitches get stitches. <laughs> uh, yes, quacking ducks get shot. Um, digital snitches get digital stitches. All right. <laughs> Some guy, he posted about how now a corner of his living room is the wife autonomous zone. So I know he's making was making a joke about the Capitol Hill autonomous zone, which is now called the Capitol Hill um, occupational protest zone. Uh, but at, at the same time, I was like, the, the, I don't think he understands the naming convention of Chaz. <laughs> Because it's yeah. not because it's not that it's autonomous from Capitol Hill; it's that it's autonomous and it's in Capitol Hill. Well, I mean, that would be like if we named the Capitol Hill autonomous zone the uh, the police autonomous zone. Like, no, it's not a right. Like, no, it's, it's location. So then you would just he would have named it like the northeast living room, of the living room autonomous. Yes, zone. exactly. People, people, people. So just get it right. Get it right. If you're going to make a joke about. Our our lovely little occupied area in Seattle. Get right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, so the, I mean, the nice thing is we can rule out that they're not a grammar Nazi. Other type of Nazis still yet to be determined, but at least I'll take a, a grammar. grammar I'll I'll take a grammar Nazi over an SS Nazi any day of the week. A super special Nazi. A super special Nazi. Yes. The anti anti fascists. Oh my god! It's like Trump's. That some, who posted that in the chat today? Somebody. I'm posted. pretty sure I did. I've been. It was you. I've been rolling with the memes like crazy. Which, by the way, if you want fire memes all day, be a Patreon supporter. We'll put you on the Patreon chat, and myself and other patrons constantly we'll flood it with memes. Day. Yes, it's it's, it's so my good. constant, ever burning candle of joy. I know last week we joked that there was drama in it. There really isn't. It's just there, fun. There's no drama. It, there's no everybody's drama. friends. Everybody's respectful. It's like a little digital utopia. It's my Lots corner of, of the internet where I go to be like, guys, I'm having a rough day. I'm just going to be real with you. And then they just send me a picture of cats. They send me memes. They make all kinds of Star Wars jokes. And they even put up with my puns. That's the yes. kind of utopia we're talking about. They deal with my <laughs> puns. They even laugh react to them. I mean, that's that's some serious support. You also get special content access. Uh, typically, you get to watch the demos before they get released. Uh, no, you get sorry, input into the, the episodes, point is too. The memes, Emily. Come on. It's it the is. memes. You get the that early input access into the... to your awesome demos. Yes. Yes, my awesome demos that have just been taken off. But, uh, yeah. Do, do we want to talk about the, the demos I've been churning out? Because I'm kind of tired, and I've done a lot of demos. <laughs> You've done a ton of demos. Yeah. Um which like it's been a crazy couple of weeks for you because I dropped off like almost twenty pedals. I've not gone through very many ago. of them. Yeah, and I was like, that'll take you know like a week or two, and then like every day or two, it's been like, oh look, I got something in the mail. I'm just sitting here going, <laughs> where is she getting all of this stuff from? Excellent builders who want to support us <laughs> from our friends at Ernie Ball and Surfy Industries. And yeah. a little from Fender. And then I, I've, I've actually bought more things lately than I've gotten like to demo, but I got a boss in uh, the DD 200, which is really, 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 really great. Like I'm glad I didn't buy that alter ego from you because 
the MD, the DD200 by Boss is really, really, really good. Yeah, I had a sneaky suspicion that was going to be uh, – that was going to blow the uh, Alter Ego out of the water, which, by the way, is for sale because that's got to pay for one of my current new gear days that I need to yeah. pay off. I also bought the Madover Swell Echo, a, a Blem model he had because he was donating all the proceeds that day to a Black Lives Matter adjacent cause. I forget exactly which one because there have been Aww. so many really cool, really cool things that builders have been doing lately where they donate profits from a day or a week or even all sales um, from a day or a week to to various charities that matter a lot to them that um, support, you know, the BIPOC folks in, in our universe. And uh, so I've been trying to to get in on those sales where I can, I had the uh, Mataverse Trimstortion already, which is a great pedal, and then the Swell Echo, which I haven't gotten to spend a lot of time with, but it's oh, have you? It's so beautiful. It's oh, got that, a really that nice stellar. Yeah, and I also bought the uh, Montreal Assembly Count to Five, which I plugged in for the Lucky. first time yesterday for thirty minutes. I'm like, I'm like, this is this is one of the most incredible things I've ever touched, and I have no idea how to film a demo of this. Like, I have no idea. I feel like. Ugh. I definitely joke a lot about like I'm not high enough for this pedal, uh, in terms of I wasn't you know, high enough for that pedal. Joking about you know taking psychedelics and you know the typical like I'm I'm a psychedelic rocker kind of mentality. Yeah, which I'm not a psychedelics person. I haven't taken any. I'm actually scared to Neither death have of I. the concept of psychedelics. Say, but anyways, say. I I like to joke about it, and usually I'm like haha, but like actually like I. The, I would definitely play the pedal anyways. It just sounds like fun. And that's one that I'm like, no, yeah, I'd have like, I don't know what to do with that. No matter what my state of mind is. It's just so freaking cool. It's very ambient. And it it's, I, the thing is, and I'm really kind of embarrassed to say this. I went into this pedal completely blind. It's like our, our, um, our friend of the show and Patreon supporter, uh, Noah Barnett, who I need to write a song for. Uh, yeah, I love Noah. Um, I need to write him a song. I just been a little, I had a weird moment today with, 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 um, a song I wrote a friend and then something happened. Um, it, don't worry about it. Uh, it's actually fine, but it just, has kind of affected me a little bit. So I might write that for Noah, uh, the next couple of days, but, uh, he was so stoked on it and I saw them and I know that my friend Jim Bryson, um, uh, from Ontario, who's been on the show, he had one, and I almost bought one uh, several months ago when they had some blims available on their store for like two hundred bucks. Um, but I didn't do it, and I kind of regretted it. And then I think the new ones are even prettier, so I'm really glad I got one of those. Yeah, and I was playing it. I'm like, I, I, I knew that it was vaguely a delay, but that's all I knew about it, and it's. I don't know if I would call it a delay. <laughs> it's, it's it's an entire thing on its own. We were having a discussion in the patron group on whether or not it was an instrument. And I think the deciding yeah. factor, the only thing that's stopping us from labeling it as its own independent instrument is that it doesn't generate tones autonomously, but it almost kind of does at the same time. It's wild. And I'm so in love with the idea and I'm definitely stealing it from you for a couple weeks at some point. Oh, are you? Because I paid for that with my money, boy. Uh-huh. 
I would just uh-huh. like to borrow. You've got twenty of my pedals right now. I'm sure at some point while you're busy demoing other things, I could borrow it just to go <laughs> absolutely insane without the need for any sort of psychedelic inhibitions. Or you know what? It, what it reminds me the most of is the mood. You know, I could see that. I could see that comparison. That's definitely in the same ballpark. Because it's Certainly like that's the closest thing I could think of. Yeah, because I was playing it, and I I really felt like it was. Um, similar in uh its heart and soul to the mood well i guess that would make the mood similar in its heart and soul to the count to five especially in the um the second and third modes that take like the longer samples and kind of put them back at you because they're almost always listening but so is the delay it's it's really unique and i like it a lot i could see everybody knows that yeah i mean it's, it's legendary ambient. for a reason. It's legend. Wait for it. Comes out of a cow. Dairy. So. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's it's like an ambient dream machine. It's yeah, well done. So it's my they turn know. to talk about my new gear because I got new gear and I am hyped. I am glad because I feel like it wasn't the easiest decision that you made that day. It wasn't. <laughs> But it also just wasn't an easy decision to begin. I I was so here's the story. I had I'm gonna tell the story and I'm gonna give you all the details and I'm gonna really hope that my buyer doesn't get upset with me for the flip game that I pulled on this. So I had a, an amplifier a couple weeks ago. Had I'd had it for a few years and I think I've told the story in the podcast before, but I'm gonna tell it again because it's one of my favorite experience as a guitar center and you'll understand in a moment why so when i worked at guitar center i'd only been there for a few months and you know guitar center buys in used equipment that's a pretty normal thing that they do on a regular basis and i was the sales associate who was taking care of this guy that came in he brought a bunch of rat-a-tat looking equipment i was like ah this is going to be kind of tough to appraise i'm gonna have to explain to the guy that sorry your stuff's really beat up so i'm going through the equipment and Half of it doesn't work. And one of the things that doesn't work is this carbon amplifier. It's a two by 12 combo. It was stupid heavy. And I'm just sitting here like, it wouldn't even turn on. I'm like, buddy, I, I, I'm sorry. We can't, if it won't turn on and we can't test whether or not there's an issue with it, we can't buy it from you. And the kid was really, really nice about it. I really mean that in all sincerity, the kid was incredibly nice. And he was very understanding. And I was incredibly, very grateful for that because not everybody who came usually with used buys people come in they're like you're gonna offer you how much that's insulting i'm like well we're offering you cash on the spot i don't know there's a time and place for it so i'm helping this walk this we we bought the couple of things that he was able to sell and i'm helping him walk everything back out because it was heavy so we threw on a dolly for him and i'm walking him down the ramp and he's like hey so here's the deal I need to get rid of this stuff. It does at this point it's no longer about the money. Do you want the amp? And I'm sitting there going, I can't say yes to this cuz you know, the guitar center has its own rules about swooping on deals and uh uh use deal poaching. You're really not supposed to poach or tell the guy, "Hey, we could offer you like 200 bucks for that, but I'll meet you outside if you say no in 15 minutes and give you 300 for it if it's a good deal. You're not supposed to do that kind of stuff. So this kind of fell into that category. And I was like, I'm going to go with my gut here. I can't do this. I need this job. I can't afford to get fired over getting a free amp. I'm sorry, bud. He's like, okay. 
are you just saying that because you don't want it? Or are you saying that because you just don't want to lose your job? I'm like, look, I'd love to take it. This thing looks really cool. And I'd be really curious to see what it would take to get it back together. He's like, okay, so uh, what's your car? I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> Which car is yours? Point to it. So I pointed and then I went back inside and I was like, wait, is he going to? No, he, why would he? I took my my lunch break like five minutes later went out there and sure enough it, the amp is just sitting next to my car i am super bummed he didn't leave the foot switch because he had the foot switch for the amp and he didn't leave it with it super bummed huh. about that oh uh, beggy choosy beggars choosy beggars i know so i took it home uh it was checking it out and it was missing one of the fuses and the cap to the fuse box so i called carvin um managed to get this is before they went out of business and they were they sent me the part the the fuse box cap free of charge just for the cost of shipping then i went to ace hardware got it got a fuse for it put it all together flipped it on and it just came to life had this amp for years it sounded so good i I really loved how it sounded i it had the right amount of character um it was made between uh right around the time i was born which i thought was really special but here's the deal is it was a 212 combo had a hundred watts of two power one not solid state power because like we, you know like the champ 100 can get pretty loud but i'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking like tube 100 watt amps that's a big amp that's that's a very loud amp and that was so common with like a certain era of amplifier I, I mean, I've had very loud PV amps in, in my in my life, and it's just it's what there was, and there was a reason that you could get them like at a Goodwill for fifty bucks. It's because nobody needs an amp let, that loud anymore. Totally. So I've had this amp for years, and I've been using it on and off when I've had the ability to. And um, it had a you know one of the things I thought was really cool about it is it does have an attenuator in the back of it to bring it down to fifty watts or twenty five watts. But even at twenty, like a twenty-five watt tube amp, that's still like pushing it for apartments. Even if you're doing, I mean, up. yeah, my my Fender Champ XD was that's only a t- God, that's not a lot of watts, but it was very loud. Right, right. So it's a stupid heavy amp. It's a stu- it, it was l- rather large. It was incredibly loud and just. It took up so much space in all these ways. I never only had a couple of opportunities where I had a chance to really open it up and take advantage of the volume it had on tap and kind of push the, the, the power amp and, you know, doing what it was built to do. Uh, especially if you're not playing like large clubs or mid-sized venues, there's just no reason for them in this day and age, in my opinion. Right. So I was holding on to it and I was convincing myself if I just hold on to it long enough, I'm going to be in a situation where I could turn it on on a regular basis. And I think about six months ago, it finally hit me. I'm like, I could just get a different amp at this point and just actually get to play through an amp and really enjoy it. So I decided to sell it and I found a buyer, sold it for 300 bucks. Um, if buyer, if you're listening to this, um, you still got a good deal. You still got a good deal, buyer. You still got a very good deal. 
everybody and all the you listeners. can't you can't just always give things away even if you get them for free you know it's just it's i priced it very fairly i wasn't yeah. trying to get super greedy with it i wanted to price it to sell i wanted to go to someone who was going to use it not well just it's it. as, it's like when rick was getting picking a birthday gift for me like we had had some chop talks and he he said like and I said, I just don't want to ask you to get me a pedal. I might end up selling because I don't know if I'm going to like it. And the only reason I hadn't bought the pedal is because I wasn't sure I would like it. And he's like, I, Emily, I don't care. It's your it's your birthday gift. If you don't end up liking that pedal and you sell it, that's fine. I was like, oh. Yeah, so I sold it. Yeah. All of that to say, I made it about three days of having only the Strymon Iridium, which, don't get me wrong, is awesome. I yeah. also like pushing air. And I was like, well, I've got money in my gear fund now. What I, what can I do with this? And I'd sold some other things and this, that. So I had a little bit more than I usually have just laying around. So it wasn't just like I could buy a pedal territory. It was like I could probably actually buy an amp. So I very quickly came to that realization and scuttled together some funding and put an order in for a Fender Deluxe. Tone Master. I was scared Ooh. to death ordering it. It's brand new technology. I know it's been out for. I a few mean, months. they. Well, I mean, they announced them last year at Summer Nam, is my if I remember correctly. Right. Uh, that that sounds about right. I mean, it hasn't been out in the market super super long, but I mean, I don't know. It on paper, it had everything that I needed out of it. It had the attenuation down to a quarter. Uh, from it was like twenty something watts all the way down to a quarter of a watt, so I could play it at like re- just you know regular room conversational volumes, which was really appealing to me. Yeah. Um, or be able to take it to a, a practice or a gig or something and keep up with the drum set. Mm-hmm. And so that range of volumes really appealed to me. I've always loved the way a Fender Deluxe sounds, and based on all the promises, it sounds almost identical to a vintage Deluxe, which I think is definitely a uh, like before I bought it, I'm like, there's no way, but at, you know, at least if it's in the ballpark, it should be good enough. I plugged it in with my Jennings navigator, uh, not navigator, um, Voyager deluxe, just cable to the guitar, the other end of the cable into the amp, plugged it in as soon as I got it home. And <sighs> I don't know what, why it took me several years to sell the amp. I couldn't turn up <laughs> to a reasonable volume. Because yeah. Once I was able to push this amp, even with the attenuator, I could still push the amp to hit that sweet spot. With the, with the new amp. With a new amp, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, you can turn that down to like 0.25 watts, and it's just a quarter of awesome. a watt, and it still yeah. sounds. You know, the bass get that the quarter watt. I lose a little bit of the bass. Yeah. Um, but I've been playing it. I think it's got like half and a one one watt, the couple notches up. I can still push a little bit, get that edge of breakup sound, which out of deluxe, you have to push pretty hard for. Oh, totally. And it just sings. I'm so happy with this thing. I I was really hoping it was going to be as good as it sounded on paper. And I'm so far, I am beyond stoked on this. I'm very satisfied. Good. I, 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 ha- I l- watched your demo. And I thought it sounded great. I haven't tried plugging in for myself to kind of compare the interim feel versus the built-in cap simulators. But, oh yeah. No, they're cool though. Like, yeah, I wanted to try it for myself. I'm super fascinated to, um, what I really want to test is so the, the, the Iridium's got a Fender deluxe model in it. 
Oh, I haven't thought to – I didn't even think to do that. And so what I want to try doing is turn off the cab simulators on both mm-hmm. and do just the preamp. I want to compare how the preamp sounds without a cab simulator and or run a cab simulator in my DAW for both inputs and just switch mm-hmm. between the two and see with the same cab sim, how are those two preamps holding? You should do that. I want it. I, I need to get around to doing that sometime. Probably not this week, but maybe the week after I'll, I'll do a little bit of a investigatory work. See what I can In- work up. Investigatory. Yeah. Right. There was one video I haven't finished filming yet comparing, um, the Fender Mustang GTX 100 to uh, the Tone Master uh, Fender Deluxe Reverb because someone specifically asked me about it, and I'm really curious. And I'm, I, I want to know now. You know? Yeah. I mean, I would be very curious to hear that too. All that, here's mm-hmm. here's my full takeaway at this point. I would have no issues gigging this amp based on everything I've heard so far. Absolutely no issues. Oh, I certainly have. I've been very happy with just noodling on it during like my lunch break or whatever I'm doing because I you know, work from home and like, what do I want to do on my lunch break? What I'm do I eat want? Eat a burrito. Oh, that's right. I've got burritos in the fridge. Uh, I could eat a burrito and then I can noodle on guitar for half an hour and then go back to work. That's why I love working from home, dude. Like, I've been doing it for months. Like, it's been so great to just instead of like, eating lunch and scrolling my phone for an hour, going for a walk. And I don't really want to go on play guitar, take a nap, eat whatever the hell I want for lunch. So wonderful. I'm starting to settle into a better rhythm with it. And I'm starting to actually really enjoy it. Yeah. Certainly my productivity is starting to go up. And I think if my productivity hasn't caught up with my productivity when I was actually going to the office, it's getting pretty close. Good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been, I think Rick's even, my husband's been getting a little bit better with it because he really had a lot of, he was struggling, even though he, he would work from home every Friday to go from it just being one day a week he's working from home to every day. It was hard for him to hit that divide of like, when do I stop working? Because it was always before, like, when I get home, I stop working. Uh, so, but he's, I think he's been getting better at it. I fell into it immediately. I loved it so much right away. But that's me. Well, shall we do sponsors and do some more chit chatting? Yes. This week's episode of the Get Offset podcast is sponsored by Surfy Industries with its U.S. hub in Memphis, Tennessee. They make real deal spring reverb units. They also have their own. I know they have a vibrato pedal and another little reverb pedal that are standard enclosure sizes, but they have a pedal board size legit spring reverb unit that's probably... Uh, I mean, it, it was, it's big for a guitar pedal for sure, but I have other pedals that are close to that size and it sounds great. It's actually almost two reverb pedals in one because you can set two separate mix rates. All I, all I know is you said a pedal sized spring reverb pedal. And all I can think of my head now is bring it drip and it crashed too. But apparently the decay acts as a gate. So that if you're not playing, 
and you accidentally kick like if you if it's a quiet moment and you accidentally kick your pedal it won't make the crashing sound you have to actually be playing for it to make the crashing sound you know what i'll be honest i think that's smart i think it's really smart if you have something on stage that could be hit during the last thing you want during a quiet part in a song is a crash and if if all you have to do is play a smidge to get that crashing sound that's fine I call that dynamics. Also, I admit that I think that's cool. Yeah, it's actually. Also, it's, can you cool disable that? Like no, the gate not, on not it? To my, not to my knowledge. Hmm. Yeah. Oh well, don't talk smack on our sponsors. They're great. And no, again, no, we, no, donated, I, we donated that sponsorship money to a couple bail funds. We did. <laughs> no, I'm not talking crap. I'm processing in real time. Right, right, right. right. Let's right, be right. fair I, here. Really, I think yeah. the only downside about that pedal isn't even the size. Um, it does have uh, a 12-volt power need, but they sell a power supply on their website for $80 that I might pick up because $80 is about the cheap as cheap as I've ever seen that power supply, and it looks legit. I don't know exactly which one it is. It's not their own power supply. It's someone else's power supply. But So they've they're, they're, I feel like they're helping... Uh, make that easier but also my walrus uh power supply has a, a courtesy plug on it so it's really a non-issue if you have something like that right right uh so i'm gonna sort of explain slash unofficially retract what i just said is i was immediate my immediate reaction was what you can't like i want to hear the crash and i think that was coming from a place of anarchistic bravado no, that does not mean I'm a member of Antifa because there is no membership and certainly no central leadership. Yeah, that's leadership. kind of a but weird thing. And also, like, I was I really feeling that, and... yeah, I want to feel the crash. And then as soon as you said that, I'm like, okay, yeah, that just makes sense. Yeah, I probably yeah. preferred it that way. All right, fine. You got, you're probably right, but I'm not going to fully admit that you're right because that would be emasculating. And wow. <laughs> Are men okay? No. Never. Y'all so fragile. I'm I mean, so sorry. Totally, we're fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Jeez. It's like, do you have, do you have any friends who like you, you, as an adult or like in college or high school, you played a board game or a video game with them one time and the way they behaved when they lost made you realize that their parents had let them win at every game they ever played in their life. And it just made yes. them into kind of, and like, it's harder to learn how to like accept loss or being wrong or not doing well as an adult than it is as a child. My sophomore year of college, we had a foosball table in the middle of our living room. I think we were given it for free. I don't entirely remember the circumstances of which we acquired it. I just remember having a foosball <laughs> table. <from> a bar. <laughs> so here's the thing is, I'm going to admit something really dorky here. I also had a foosball table in my bedroom as a kid slash in the garage. Kids would come around and we'd all play foosball. Right. I got kind of. Okay. Good I'm at good it at because you I'm would. good at foosball. Yeah, because that's, fine. that's cool. I'm good that's at great. it. I enjoy it. I have fun. We get to college. And so this guy that I knew who may or may not have actually been my roommate was incredibly competitive and also played sports for the college that I went to could not handle the fact that I beat him every single time. Right. And then broke the foosball table out of anger. 
So- that is bad. That's like I've had that experience with a guy who like kind of tried to date me in college, and then one day we're a, pl- a couple of us are playing Monopoly, and I'm just. I think it's like my parents never let me win at games, so if I wanted to win at games, I had to be come good at the games <laughs> so I was just like winning and I'm not like I'm not a bad loser but I'm not a gracious winner either like I was just enjoying myself I was having fun I was winning at Monopoly a game that I'm just traditionally not great at because again my parents never let me win so I never felt good at it and you know, then Monopoly, my- the game that proves that even given the concept that people start with a level of equity uh, or uh, equity, equality, et cetera, for the, from the get-go, that it's still incredibly likely for antitrust to, or uh, monopolies in antitrust to form, you know, and therefore undermine the basis of capitalistic society. I was going to say that it takes money to make money, but cool. You've been spending some time in CHOP, haven't you? I oh. haven't been. I really want to go, and I think the only reason why I won't be going to chop or Chaz or whatever we're calling it these days is uh, I also just haven't left the house for anything other than like groceries and very bare minimum things just out of yeah. concern for COVID and the health needs of the family members in my household yeah. related to that. Yeah. My husband went down today with our neighbor and they just were there for a, a, a minute while they were going to a grocery store in Capitol Hill, um, a, a Greek grocery store that our neighbor neighbor's friend owns and uh yeah rick said it was really chill he's like there's a guy who started a garden the businesses are open and everyone seems pretty pretty cool he's like it just kind of felt like going to a a little street fair yeah i had a friend describe it as like during the pride during the like before Chaz or chop or whatever when when the protests were a little bit more like actively like facing off um with riot control there was fear like my friend described it i feared for my life i was seriously concerned and my safety was not guaranteed yeah now i went to go visit chop or chaz i think well, we're, it was we're chaz moving to chop. We the chop yeah right right so went to go visit chop and my friend said i i am so scared that i might get a contact high or worse i might get offered a vegan <laughs> pizza yeah, my 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 band member's uh, roommate got offered some pot. He's like, that was pretty much it. <laughs> Somehow, that like, is the worst thing that could happen there. And all things considered, I, I think that's that's not bad. Well, I heard that some guy showed up with a gun today and kind of looked around and was like, "Yeah, I don't need this," and left. Yeah, yeah, buddy. If you're here to, no, uh, nobody knows <laughs> if he was like a proud boy who was like. This is this is something I need to fight against, or like I want to offer my protective services to this organization. Kind of looked around and was like, "Yeah, I don't need this," and left. Like I think that basically says everything that the, the some some media sources aren't reporting. Oh, for sure. I mean, like I, like Rick's m- mother called him. Are you okay? He's like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> Why wouldn't yeah, we be okay? The police were gassing people in Capitol Hill, which just I know nobody no, understands neighborhoods and cities that aren't theirs. But Capitol Hill is the largest um, density of residential occupants, like in in the downtown area. More people live in Capitol Hill than any other neighborhood in the city. Is my understanding of it? And that sounds. So about, I think maybe follow up to that would maybe be Queen Anne. Maybe. Uh, 
Queen Anne's traditionally always been more expensive. Uh, that's not the city. Any- I mean, like, downtown, downtown Seattle. Like, it has right, the highest, right. like, po- uh, population density. And uh, my f- my friend lives, like, overlooking everything that was happening. And she was getting tear gassed every night while she was in her home with her girlfriend and her dog doing nothing. <laughs> like, like, still getting affected because... Like these tear gas canisters that the police are like throwing at people because they grabbed some person's umbrella and the person instinctively pulled it back and they just start gassing everybody or stuff like that. They basically killed a 21 year old girl until medics could bring her back. Like, because they hit her with a tear directly with a tear gas canister. So then when the police left, there hasn't been an incident in Capitol Hill since the police left. Like, wow. Yeah, I mean, so here here's my thoughts on that. It, I've had in the last couple of days, I've had several, like more than two, several friends and family members reach out and be like, "Hey, is like everything okay over there? Like, did you just become Russia or like what's going on? Are you safe? Do you need like money for a plane ticket?" Believe Herndon's joking. <laughs> do y'all need do y'all need some fair trade coffee? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I've had very well-meaning friends and family and not anyone who I, I would seriously accuse of of being indecent human beings, just people who are legitimately concerned for my health and my safety and that of my family. But I also didn't get those phone calls a couple weeks ago when the Seattle Police Department was getting caught on camera doing some much more heinous things. So – I don't – I think I think this falls into the category of we fear what we don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very uh, – I would say that that's – the concept that humans fear what they don't know I think is part of the human condition. I think that right. is entirely normal. That's my own philosophical assessment of um, – as a, as a portion of the human condition. Right. Feel free to disagree with me on that. That's just kind of my thoughts and I think in a lot of areas that applies. I think we're so used to police brutality in a sense and being a lot of folks are are able to justify it as they're doing their job. And, you know, this has just come par for the course and all of that, that it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily your first thought that crosses your mind. You're like, wait, is that a problem? Are we okay with like, no one's like, no one's jumping to that. It's like, Oh, this is, this is how it goes. I would say that's a very similar thing where I grew up as a military brat in the military. And I kind of grew up thinking this is normal. This is how the world works. We just invaded Iraq. Cool. And it, it didn't hit me oh until gosh. college and, and after college, you're like, wait a minute. I've always just kind of taken that wholesale. But what, how do I actually let, – let's break this down. How do I feel? So my friends and family haven't necessarily kind of hit that spot. I think that's okay. I'm not bagging on anyone for not having reached that point. Um, I think the excuses for not having reached that point are starting to run a little bit thin, but I, I, I get it. I, yeah, I mean it just – it's – it's 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 so modern policing is just that it's modern and things like police officers on patrol and police officers carrying what weapons and police officers having militarized gear and not necessarily being that's all new um is it it's yeah it's actually um a lot of our modern policing techniques came from exactly one person so i would just have to google it um and that would probably probably be 
nothing we should talk about on this podcast at this moment. But <laughs> I'll just um, simply state that I'm not convinced of the source or that I don't necessarily agree at face value with your assessment, but go on. That modern policing is modern. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay. Knights weren't cops. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't know. Okay. So that's fine. Whatever. Um, but that's not really what we were going to talk about. This right. <laughs> I, I'm just choosing not to engage. I'm just simply letting it know, be known that I'm not giving wholesale approval for what you're saying right now. That's fine. You should question the things I'm saying out of, out of nowhere. That's great, actually, honestly. And uh, then I will find my resources and we'll discuss it more thoroughly later instead of yelling at each other right now for disagreeing Civil, with civil respect of discourse. Do. I love it. Yeah, isn't that neat? Like, I'm like, that. Yeah. yeah, there was some, somebody, other podcaster I was talking to this week, and at one point I said, I don't agree with I don't agree with your assessment on something. And uh, I just kind of wanted to leave it at that because I didn't want to get into it more. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And what we were not discussing, we weren't debating the Squire Paranormal series, which would have been uh, a, a much funner thing to... <laughs> that's probably a lot more exciting at this point, or certainly more refreshing. Um, more refreshing and i've never like yeah the how's how is that for a transition <laughs> that is i would say that is a paranormal transition into a paranormal Ooh, topic but i'm wait hold on a second beautiful there we go there it is <laughs> my shock jock soundboard <laughs> so uh the squire had leaked well, someone had leaked the Squire Paranormal series right before Winter Nam. Digital snitches get digital stitches. And everyone, I think, was a little disappointed that that's not what got announced. But uh, they were going to announce it, is my understanding, at Summer Nam. And since Summer Nam wasn't happening, it got it got announced late last week, the Paranormal series, which features uh, probably getting the most attention um, – well, there are a couple of miles that are getting a lot of attention, and I think overall people are super stoked on the line. But it has the marks the return of the Squire Supersonic, which was which is your white whale. It is well, not the Squire one specifically, but the Supersonic the is my supersonic, white whale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the Fender Pawn Shop Supersonic Fender Pawn Shop Supersonic series that came out. It was better part of a decade ago. Yeah, uh, with some they, great colors, but uh, uh, they did it orange metallic sparkle that yeah. was just and the reason why it's my white whale is it, the criteria Which, for that's, white that's whale. a moby that's a moby dick reference for those at home okay weird flex but all right so oh, i just i'm just i'm sorry <laughs> to, to say just white that's not that's not the world's most common phrase so i thought it would explain to people who don't know what a white whale is it's like the one that got away Moby Dick move, all right. Um, anyways, I had the opportunity to buy one used for like 400 bucks, which based on what the current prices are in reverb is ridiculous. I didn't realize that was a bonkers price at the time. I was just thinking, huh, I really like this a lot. This plays way better than it should for a $400 guitar and it's orange. Yeah. Which really should is honestly the only selling point for anything that I do in my life right now. Is it orange? Sold. Is that rational? No. 
But, no, it's not rational at all. But uh, that's, that's, that's a lot of things to say. You didn't buy it and you've regretted it ever since. I've regretted it. And I also just love the concept of the guitar and like one volume. A one volume. For, no, actually, that's wrong. Is They're it? both volumes. Each pickup has a volume knob. There's no tone knob on this guitar. Death to tone. Yeah, that's kind of like why have a toggle and volume knobs is my question. But it's a it's an offset. It's a reverse offset. Because then you could just turn the volume down on one of the pickups and then you wouldn't need a pickup selector. Well, it depends on how it's wired. Are we what? talking no. No, okay, we're not talking about this. <laughs> it's a, an offset guitar. It's a reverse body, so uh, it's also got a reverse headstock. Um, it, you know, I'd always heard that those reverse reverse offsets were prone to neck dive. I didn't really experience that at all. Um, I really like it as a guitar. It's got a narrow neck. It's only one. Uh, it's only a one and a half inch nut width. Uh, standard guitars what? like six and some change. Yeah. I feel like that wasn't the case on the pawn shop series. I don't know, but it is on these. It's a 24 inch scale and a one and a half inch nut width. Um, it was a really comfortable guitar. I had Ryan Burke and I both got the exact same guitar in the same color because sadly they're only releasing it right now and kind of a vaguely glittery blue and a vaguely glittery gray or charcoal. I wish they had gone bolder with the colors. Um, like orange, but I really, yeah, yeah. To be honest, which also just looked up one of the the used listings on Reverb.com for the Orange Flake Supersonic is for fourteen hundred bucks. So four hundred bucks is dumb. I really regret passing on that. Like that's you paid. That was been like thirty percent of what it like, is now. Usually, when I say I regret something, I don't really mean it because I don't really have regrets. So that's one of those like. I lay awake no at night in my bed going, ah, why did I pass? I could, I should have. Because you were young and didn't have $400? I mean, yes, but I also had two kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, you could have sold some plasma. That would have been the poor uh, healthy choice. Um, but no, so I got the super... I, should say I bought with my own money the Supersonic and the Offset Telecaster. And I really like the Supersonic a lot. I think it's really fun and it it sounds best with distortion. I love the Offset Telecaster. And I've always thought, to be blunt, like an opinion I would never say because I wouldn't want to make anybody mad. I've always thought Offset no, Telecasters were so dumb, so goofy, so silly. Why would you want that? I have one now and I love it. I was wrong. I will admit it. I am not too proud to admit that the offset telecasters are so, so, so great. I love it so much. I love it so much, Andrew. Well, I'm glad you like it. Thank you. And now Rick, my husband also likes, likes it. I was looking at them on the website cause I'm like, I can, I can afford to buy two of these. Um, I had a coupon, full disclosure, with my coupon code. And uh, I was like, I'm like, which one do you want? He's like, I want a Telecaster. <laughs> and I was like, I'll set Tele, cool. 
And then he sees it. He's like, oh, but it doesn't look like a Telecaster. <laughs> and then and he's been playing it the past couple of days and he just loves it as much as I do. So yeah, I, the supersonic is so cool and I like it a lot. Also, I loaned it to my singer. I just, cause I don't really have space for it. And I filmed my demo for now. Um, I, I am, um, I, I, I think it says a lot that I love the supersonic and happily handed it to my singer and my band to borrow and i got the ossetelli and i'm i don't enjoy sharing it with my husband <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh yeah. so real quick i i pulled up the spec sheets for both first of all i think it's super cool the squire ones have the same humbuckers that the fender pawn shop ones did stock really because they're weird well uh, ryan even measured them and he said they're their outputs are way different. I mean, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. No. Uh, but they're both the atomic humbuckers. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Which is, according to this listing for the Pawn Shop Supersonic electric guitar from whenever this was listed, also lists it as the atomic humbucking for bridge and the neck. Mm-hmm. Well, the J Mascus Jazz Masters also say single coil Jazz Master, and then a bunch of people in the YouTube video are like, they're P90s. Which, I mean, maybe, but that's not what the website says. There is a difference between a Jazzmaster soap bar and a P90. Yeah, there's a difference. Uh, oh, and the uh, nut width on the Squire is 1.575 inches, so just a notch above an inch and a half, whereas the Pawn Shop was 1.65. Wait, when I was looking at the Fender website earlier, it said an even 1.5. Well, it says here nut width on... The Squire Electric Guitars Paranormal Supersonic, 1.575 millimeter nut width. Is that the on the Fender website? Yeah, Fender website. Wait, and then, according to the listing on Musicians Friend, Oh, I'm sorry, you're 100 percent right. 40, 40, 40 millimeters. 42 millimeters for the Fender one. Yeah. Also important note that the 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 Fender Pawn Shop series. Both of the humbuckers were angled, whereas yeah. the Squire series, only the bridge is angled. Which weird, I know weird. it's a small detail, but I actually prefer them both angled. I feel yeah. like if I got the Squire to have to offset the other one as well. Because you know, it's, it's, like it's like a Mustang have, has both angled. and I just think it, it the way that the body shape looks, it just kind of... It looks it, better both angled. It looks better with both angled and with the, the, the neck pickup not angled, it draws my attention to that pickup because it feels so out of place and it just yeah. kind of interrupts the rhythm of the flow of, uh, I feel like such an art snob right no, now. Uh, no, I, I agree with you completely, like the aesthetics of it, because then it would match exactly like the curve of the horns if it were it, if they were both angled. Isn't this so lovely? Imagine this is the first episode a listener is listening to, and they're like, "Wow, they're talking about offset guitars." And then yeah, they go back I know. and listen to other episodes. Like, wait, where's the offset guitar? <laughs> I thought these guys talked about. We always get tagged in uh, people's pictures of people's of, offset guitars. Which I love. I that. don't. I love. <laughs> but I also think it's really funny because some of the tags we get, like some of the posts we get tagged in on social media, I'm like, I don't think you guys have listened to the show. It's the same. There have been people who reach out to us because they want us to promote their offset guitars that we've never played. And I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by all, I, don't get me wrong. I love offset guitars. I do too, but like, 
I'm like, they're like, we want to talk about our guitar. And I'm like, have you listened to the show? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, we talk about guitars. We're a little, we're almost more guitar adjacent. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we did just talk about like, you know, police brutality and hippie communes <laughs> and fascism, I, you know, all the, all the exciting things before we got to the offside guitars. Yeah. But, I just feel like someone's got to be listening right now going, oh, wow. this is a great show about offset guitars. <laughs> this is exactly what I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what the doctor ordered. Uh, yes. OSG. Yeah, you know me. Actually, I was I finally joined OffsetGuitars.com, the forum, <laughs> because I was looking People at our name analytics. dropping you. I was looking at our analytics and I'm like, oh, we got some YouTube, YouTube uh, views from uh, Offset Guitars. So I went there and like name searched myself <laughs> and, and I about died when someone said that uh, people were wondering how like there are only two demos of the supersonic and only three demos of any of the paranormal series guitars. Two of them are me because <laughs> I bought them from fender.com. By the way, if you're listening and you really want these uh, again, Fender did not pay me to say this, but I do know that they seem to be shipping out orders placed on their website immediately and some local shops that have available stock in hand are shipping out whatever they have immediately but i know bigger retailers uh seem to be doing pre-sales uh with the caveat of if we get them in stock yeah if we get them somebody said that uh some a major retailer i don't have full confirmation on that this is just an informal one-off source that's told us that but right true that is like it was a first-person source, to be clear. Um, to be clear. Very clear. But that, that's also normal, so I be- believe it. And I think the website say pre-order, no promise on a ship date, but late June, probably. And, uh, yeah, Fenders just seems to be shipping them out immediately. So if you can't wait, unless you have, like, some gift card or some other reason to buy from a major retailer, check out your mom and pops and check out Fender.com first. Fender is radical and i definitely want several of these yeah same uh, i'm trying i'm trying to get a few to demo i have high hopes but uh what what were we talking about the paranormal series right and I how think... much i love the, the offset telly which is your which is your favorite and which is your do you have a surprising least favorite because i do i'm not sure I feel about the Cyclone, but I also feel like I might like it if I sat down and played with it. The Cyclone, I would happily play. And the reason I got the, actually the reason I got the offset telly instead of the Cyclone was because I knew somebody else who was getting the Cyclone to demo and I didn't want to compete with that person on two guitars. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> the one, There's a couple that I'm really fascinated by. Um one of them is one of the lesser known ones in this bunch, and that's the Paranormal Tornado. I saw one as at a pawn shop on Aurora last year. I'm like fascinated the, the by ones. it. See, I that's also, the one I think is the most boring. I think it's got potential, but that's not the one I'm most excited about. The one that I actually really, really want is the uh, Cabernet Telecaster, the baritone one. Yeah, absolute same. Sorry. Uh, that one sounds super rad. There's also the uh, the the just the thin line, but I've already got a thin line Telecaster with P90s yeah. in it. Although it looks like this one might have Jazzmaster. Those are actually Jazzmasters, and oh. the reason the reason I really don't 
I like this is on the the like if I had to rate them on which ones I want, this would be the second to last. Just because since I got the offset telly, how stupid would it be for me to have a Jazzmaster with Telecaster pickups and then a Telecaster with Jazzmaster pickups at the same time? That sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> does that, but I'm sorry, does, would that not make me the world's most obnoxious guitarist? Because I'm pretty sure it would. <laughs> like, I think of all the like, things that would put you in that category, there's plenty of other better contenders. It's got to be like one of the two most hipster moves in the world to have a Telecaster with Jazzmaster pickups and a Jazzmaster with Telecaster pickups instead of just buying a Jazzmaster and Telecaster separately. Because at one point, like offsets, yeah, like, oh, no, I just really like the shape of the guitar. It's not about the pickups. But I then think the other way it, around. I, I think it would have just been hypocritical because we're clearly a podcast that's all about offset guitars. Well, I mean, that's why it's at the, toward the bottom of my list. I see what you're saying. It'd be like drinking PBR out of the glass and then insisting on drinking craft beer out of the can. So right. I, I yeah. get it. I get it. It's and... like upping in the wrong way. It's like, yeah, that's exactly right. I want a lot more things like that, like comparisons for that. To quote two chains. Yeah, I'm different. Wow. No. The, so the reason why I wouldn't necessarily want the tele, the thin line Cabernita is I've got a thin line telecaster with p90s in it already that i rather like this yeah. one doesn't comparatively beat that one out by any stretch of the imagination but the baritone one i've wanted to have a baritone for a little bit now because they're really fun friends, like a lot i have of an friends. offset baritone from eastwood uh and two i actually really like tellies i know this we we're supposed to only like offsets but i actually really like the, the way a telly body feels it feels really natural to me. It's part of it's because of the first guitar I got was the thin line telly that I have sitting in my wallet. It's my first electric guitar. It just, it feels natural because that's what I'm used to. And I feel like that would be a really great body shape for me to get into the baritone world with a, a familiar body shape, but then with that extended range neck, I think could be a lot of fun. So I would oh, say probably the, the, the baritone telly followed by one of the supersonics that I would immediately start modding, stripping the paint off, routing the body if necessary and getting a new pit guard. So I could do the double, um, the double angled humbuckers, maybe yeah. even swap out the humbuckers. And I would teach myself how to do a orange flake. Cause you know, as much as I'd like the idea of getting the, like the original, I'm not paying 1400 bucks on shop series. Like it's cool. And they don't pop up for sale very often. Supply and demand. I get it. I just don't think I could bring myself out on, on principle yeah. knowing that I could have had it for 400 bucks. Yeah. So your number one is the car. Cabernet. Cabernet. Hold me. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think I'm thinking about So you would get the Carbonita, then the supersonic. What would be your third choice? Probably the Toronado. Ooh, gross. in fact, See, definitely I, the term I, Toronado. Specifically, the blue one with the tour guard. And and what's cool is uh, I've seen pictures of these like in shops, and they're a lot darker. So I think the darker color looks better. Also, the offset Telecaster, the natural finish, is closer to a walnut than the color on the website. So keep that in mind: is that the colors seem to generally skew darker. Than what's pictured. I think Lake Placid Blue is a great color and more 
more specifically Lake Placid Blue with the Tort Guard is just a gorgeous combination. I think that would work. I think based on what I'm seeing the website, even if it got a little bit darker, I think would work really well. I do like a double humbucker situation for pickups as two of my electrics are that way as well. I wouldn't mind having another one and having a little bit of fun with that. And also uh, that they ha- each have their own volume and tone is ideal. Is is rare for Fender, but a lot of people do seem to like that. Do these have longer scales? I don't think so. Where is the spec sheet on this? Yeah, uh, twenty. Actually, yeah, it's actually it's a shorter scale. It's a, it's a Gibson yeah. scale, twenty four seven five. I thought it was something a little different. Just eyeballing it. Well, just just looking at it, I think that body shape could be very comfortable. I think it's like the wiring is just, it's a Les Paul. Oh yeah, totally. And it's the scale length of a Les Paul, but it's an offset body. So it's like you take away the boring stuff about an F, a Les Paul, and you put it on an offset. Right. And I just, I've never liked how how a Les Paul feels in my hands. Okay. Um, I'm going to step out for two seconds. We'll be right back. Yeah. So I think that, um, I don't know why the Tornado just feels a smidge boring to me. It might be that I, I, I almost am a little um, probably skewed because I, I have had one and held it before. And I think it was at a pawn shop on Aurora Avenue. And I, I think it was not even that expensive. And it was a Fender guitar and it was an offset. And it checked off all of those kind of ideal boxes for me. But I just, I sometimes when you pick up a guitar, it just doesn't give you that, that, that that feeling, you know, that 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 kind of magical chemistry sort of feeling, like when you 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 meet somebody at a party that you like. Um, but uh, not not to to butt in, but uh, you've actually walked away for a minute, and so now the audience doesn't know you left because I did cut out that part, but cool. now they know you left because I'm talking about it now. But, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I was saying that um, I think that one, the thing is that when I was at a pawn shop in, in North Seattle, I played a Tornado for a bit and it was a really cheap price and everything seemed right with it. And it was a Fender and an Offset and a, all, all those boxes. It just, it didn't give me that feeling that you get when you know and immediately bond with an instrument. And so that's kind of why I, I have the Tornado... Um, as the last guitar on this list of paranormal series that I would want to buy with my own money. I would, for my last on the list, I'd probably go Cyclone. Oh, really? Honestly, I'm going to go Cyclone for last on my list. So I, what, so, so you, okay, let's start from top again. Uh, number one, Supersonic. Number two, Baritone. Number three, Tornado. No, number one, Baritone. Number two, Supersonic. Okay, my bad. Uh, number three, Tornado. What's number four? The bass four, or the thin bass? Fine. Yeah, that's a pretty handsome bass. I really like the white color. And uh, then f- five would be the, the thin line. Five is going to be the offset Telecaster. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about that one because it was, yeah, go ahead. It's so offset Telecaster, then the thin line. Then the thin line. The thin line just doesn't necessarily do it for me in terms of something yeah. different but yeah. it's also it, it's a telly body it's similarish pickups to the one i've got right now it, mm-hmm. i feel like i could i could settle into really enjoying that guitar after a little bit of time yeah 
Uh, and then and I'm going to then... go last for the cyclone. Wow. Well, at least we know if Fender sends us a cyclone, you won't you won't be gunning for it. If they send us a tornado, I could I'm be wrong. I could totally be wrong on this, but. Well, I mean, this is just from looking at the website, which you want, because the list that I'm about to give you of my ranked of is, is biased toward what I've held in my hands. Before you give the list, I just want to explain my reasoning briefly. I actually really like the body shape of the Cyclone. I like the fact that it's got three pickups and I think could be really cool for a strat situation. Yeah, because they are strat pickups this time around, not drag ones. Here's my problem. It's also sort of my problem with Jags. I don't like having to hit, like, I like having a toggle switch, not the, like, I don't. Ha- the I slider switches. The slider the switch. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, they're sliders, yeah. I feel like that would really bother me for, like, a live application for swapping between pickups and, and whatnot. Just having it, like, the each individual pickups on and off slider switch, I think would really throw me. But you're like, less likely to, like, accidentally knock them. Sure. I also don't typically where they are compared I don't to typically accidentally nudge my toggle switches though. Yeah. So I feel like that would be that's the one that's the one non-starter for me for the on is those on-off pickup switches. They look cool, kind of. I don't know. Do they look cool? I'm not yeah. sold on it. I, I think I, they look cool. I think yeah. It's also right. They're also sitting right about where my strum pattern is. So I'd also very likely bump those. See, my I'm going to tell you why my one and two swapped after I bought them. So initially, when I saw them, number one was Supersonic. Uh, probably number two was Cyclone. And then number three would be the Offset Telly. But when I bought these, they didn't have the Cyclone on the website yet. So I bought the Supersonic and the Offset Telly. And... As you've heard me gush, the offset telly I just am in love with, instantly bonded with. It feels like a telecaster, even, and it just screams. It's just, mmm, I love it a lot. The supersonic, I really, really like. I don't want to give the wrong impression that I don't like it, because I do. But the position of that first volume knob with, like, how the rest of the guitar sits on the body, I kept racking my pinky knuckle against it while I was playing and it hurt. <laughs> so like when I was playing so it later, I had finger, to, and it hurt. well, I just, I'm kind of a loosey goosey with my right wrist. When I, when I play, just be just, it's the style I've kind of developed. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just have to like choke up and play a lot tighter on the supersonic is to, to just ensure that I'm not going to hit my pinky. I'll give you this. I think from an aesthetic standpoint, one of the best looking ones has got to be the the offset Telecaster in the surf green. I think with the maple fretboard, I think that looks so good. Dripping in look- vintage vibes. If And if you're looking on the website, I would agree with you. I went with the natural walnut thinking it's too light of a guitar. I don't like light brown guitars really. And I get it, and I unbox it, and I think they've given me the wrong thing because it's this beautiful uh, – it's like a walnut, but redder. Mm-hmm. It is a smidge less dark, and it's just beautiful. Me too. Sure. So my, base, my basis wants the offset telly in the other color. I mean, I like I how wish, my kitchen table looks too. I wish that they had um, – they only did two models – two colors at most for the models, right? 
I think so. Just clicking around, I haven't seen one that had more. Yeah, and the baritone only has one color. It looks like the bass might only come in one color. It looks like the thin line might also just come. So retract what I said. Just in general, I wish they'd released more color options. The the, the thin line comes in Fiesta Red as well. Oh, right, right, right. Um, Does the baritone? Oh, no, the baritone just seems to be black. And the bass... Let's look at this guy. Oh, the base comes in two colors, blonde or white. Butterscotch Weird, blonde or white blonde. Yeah. And that's Which odd. I'd actually that probably say the white blonde looks better between the two. A lot better. Yeah. I'm not a big butterscotch person, <gasps> even when even when it's – unless I guess it's Tom Petty. Because I, I just think... don't think you should be playing Tom Petty's color. Well <sighs> – a butterscotch blackguard is one of the best looking guitars on the planet, I think. Sure, and it's Tom Petty's only to have. I disagree with that statement. Sure. I like Tom um, Petty, don't get me wrong. Rest in peace, I that is one of the, the musicians that I will forever be sad I never got to see live. Oh, I, I got to see him live. I know. I think we've had this conversation. It makes me sad. I sing I, every, a lot of times to cat my, I sing, you're a good girl. You love your mama. You love cookies and bird watching too. <laughs> and you're a good girl. Crazy about laser. Love scratches and your papa too. Yeah, okay, so that's cool. But <laughs> are you going to tell me that you're going to tell Bruce Springsteen that he can't play his butterscotch blackguard? Oh, okay. Two people in this world. <laughs> I'm just saying we could go. We could start chunking through the no, list. Elvis Costello too- played one when we went to go see him. Yeah, when he came Seattle. But he's a but his guitar is a jazz master. And end of story. But he got to play the the Scott. It, it looked so good. It sounded phenomenal. I'm just saying. You're no, being very Elvis exclusionary Costello right has now. His Elvis Costello has his guitar. And he can- I'm going to go here. Prince's guitar you, is derivative of that. So No, it's not. It's a flame maple. Shut your dirty little mouth. Shut your dirty little mouth. Derivative. Shh. So you. if you're going to pull that card, it's going to fly back in your face. Did you ever let me talk long enough to name my top, name my entire order of the paranormal series? No, just the top two. Exactly. Thanks for listening. Thanks for... <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Uh, so now, after I've played two of them, my number one, Offset Telly. Number two, Supersonic. Three, Cyclone. Four, Baritone. Uh, five, Bass. Six, Thin Line. Seven, Tornado. Boom. Well, all right. <clears throat> On that note, on that note thanks for listening and thanks for understanding my name is andrew and i'm emily